Kanichiwa. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Star Wars fan, this is Pete Mitchell. And Peyton Jones. Greetings, exalted one. Fitting. Very fitting. I should uh, I should mention that I am um, suffering from a bad case of uh, the cold, and so oh. my voice is especially deep this morning. Other, otherwise known as the common cold. It's not so common when I've got it. But incredibly sexy. Hey, all I got to say on that whole thing is... You should not have come back. Yeah, you almost reached Darth Vader, you know, status with your voice. Uh, you're kind of somewhere in between Darth Vader and Barry White. Luke, <laughs> I am your father. Do do, do, uh, do Darth Vader as played by Barry White. <laughs> well, there'd have to be a little bit of music in the background. A little. There would It'd be some funk. There would be. There would be. I'd also have some backup singers and things like that. So, um, hey, welcome, everybody, to the Church Planner Podcast, where all we do is talk about Star Wars. And church planning. And, eventually and and we relate the two we do and uh today we're actually going to give ourselves a christmas present because in the spirit of thanksgiving no, we are no, notice thankful. It's, notice it's a christmas present for us not necessarily uh, yeah. for you the listener no no in fact you got your present you got uh nine episodes uh, to correlate with nine Star Wars films, it's kind of like the 12th day of Christmas on the 8th edition of the podcast. Pete and Peyton gave to me another one I'm preaching. Don't do that. And then. <laughs> that was, was well-timed, Pete. Thank you. Thank you. And and then we are now hitting on the tail end of preaching our topic today. Can, can I hit that? Am I just screwing this up? Just go ahead and hit it. All right. So our topic today is going to be uh, in, in, on the tail end, kind of wrapping up our preaching series. We're done. But as a bonus to the end of it, we're going to kind of show you how you take what is going to be the biggest movie in film history that will hit on December 18th, the new Star Wars film. We are going to take that today and we're going to talk about how you can use it and cash in on it for the gospel. Yes, my master. What is and, thy bidding, my master? Well, it's funny you ask that, my dark people, because my bidding today is that uh, all of you would learn to love Star Wars. Hector Moore, I'm not looking at you. And uh, Jimbo, we're, we're, not, we're not having that conversation again. But uh, whatever you do, do not start with Phantom Menace Episode One. But for the rest of you that are normal people that know Star Wars and have watched it, uh, we're going to talk today because Pete and I said that we would never do a show on this, even though we want to. Uh, we're going to do an episode of a show on it today. Th that is the whole reason we're doing this episode, isn't it? It's because on the last podcast, I said we're never going to do it. You threw down the gauntlet. Apparently, I did. <laughs> that was enough to get my short man syndrome going. I, I guess so. 
I guess so. I'm actually just looking more forward to being able to play all the sound effects, like this one. And I'm glad that you finally pulled the a million sound effects I sent you out and have, have aired them. Well, no, I had all these these Star Wars ones loaded in there, but <laughs> they're like not titled, so I don't know what they are. Like this one just says R2D2. So I guess that's all it is. Oh, Here. it's when he says that. Yeah, I, that's not my favorite quote by him. No, it's not. But this is one of my favorite quotes by C-3PO. Possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I think what we need to do is we need to redo all of these with church planting. Yeah. So when R2 goes, or uh, C3PO goes, the odds of successfully navigating an asteroid field, and we just have you pipe in and go, a church plant. Well, you can't do simulated Miyagi voice to that. I'd have to do simulated no, I, C-3PO. I think it has to be simulated. Planting a church. No, I think it has to be simulated Miyagi. <laughs> Everything gets Miyagi. Help That's... me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Help, help me, me, church planner. Help me, church planner podcast. <laughs> You're my only hope. <laughs> help me, church planner podcast. <laughs> in Miyagi's voice. It's got to be in Miyagi's voice. Church Brenta. Hey, funniest thing happened. Uh, I didn't tell you about this yesterday. This is a little bit of smack talk. So um, I get an email through the Church Planner Magazine website from Kyle. Kyle is the guy who, I think his name's Kyle, now that I think about it. He's the guy who left us that great podcast review. It was like the three stages of listening to the Church Planner podcast. Yeah. Oh, no, not more smack talk. And then by the end of it, it's, give me the smack talk. Give me the smack talk. So... He goes, um, I'm, I'm finally catching up, and I just listened to episode 156. Can I get my $50 gift card? He goes, I heard that, and I was so excited. I yelled, and I woke my wife up in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did he earn it, he inspired it, right? He did. It was his review that inspired it. No one beat him. No, but then I said we'd give another $50 ones to, uh, to someone else, and we just haven't given it to that person. All right. I got to actually go back and look and see who it was because we only had two more came in, come in. So we did promise another 50 bucks. So one of you guys is getting that other 50. Yeah, but he got his 50, right? Well, he just asked for it. He's like, is it too late or is that gift card already gone? Because remember, it was a Visa gift card. Oh, that's right. I go, sorry, man, that gift card's long been spent by this point because yeah. he waited it, so long. I blew it out at Disneyland. I'm like, but I can get another one that looks just like it and send it to you. <laughs> And hence, that's what I'm doing. Right on. So what other smack talk you got for us today? <sighs> Anything new? Anything new you going know, on in the life happen. Of, of Peyton Jones? I do things. Well, okay. So uh, I, I can't give any details, but I got a new book coming out. That's true. You actually did get picked up again by another uh, publisher. Yeah. Which... Um, Good publisher. I don't know if they listen to this podcast, so I'm just going to come out and say it. It was a huge mistake on their part. I don't know <laughs> what they were thinking. But, you know, the inner salesman in me just says, sell, sell, sell. Take what you can. Back. Yeah, I know. That's actually pretty cool. Well, I, I do have to say this has nothing to do with anything, but I am wearing my Time Bandit shirt today. That's just worth pointing. Yeah. It's uh, got a picture of uh, the uh, Dark Lord who uh, they, they don't really name him, I don't think. Maybe they do. I don't remember. I should know this. I'm, I'm a Time Bandits 
aficionado. And on, on that movie, he's ranting against the Supreme being. And he's, he's just saying he doesn't approve of the way, you know, surprisingly the devil doesn't approve of the way that the Supreme being ran the world. And he, uh, he actually, uh, on this rant says, you know, what did he create slugs? And he goes, not me. I would create lasers day one, eight o'clock. So that was pretty good. Uh, little quote. So I got him on there saying that. Have you decided what you're going to wear to the star Wars release? And the reason why I ask is this yesterday's jump school call, um, a new member in jump school, Robert, he was saying, you know, I'm trying to decide what I'm going to take my 19 year old or 19 year old, uh, 19 month old to wear to the Star Wars premiere. Yeah. I, I told him to dress his 19 month old as an Ugnot because they grunt a lot. I don't remember um, what's an Ugnot. What was the Ugnot? The little pig U- thing? Ugnots were those little pig people in yeah. Empire yeah. that uh, when Han Solo was frozen, they were taking the droids apart. Yeah. I and they found C3PO. Yeah. They were they were throwing C three PO's head. So what Chewbacca are you wearing? Trying to get it. What are you wearing? I am gonna wear uh, probably my Time Bandit shirt. No, I'll wear a Star Wars shirt, but I I don't do the costume thing. I'm too cool. I'm thinking about wearing my T shirt that says "Support the Troops" and it's all stormtroopers on there. Nice. That's what New I'm troopers thinking. or old troopers? No, no, classic troopers. Yeah, I'll probably wear the classic 1977 T I got with the Death Star and an X-Wing on it. I like that one. I would just like to say this. I'm actually not going to see it Thursday night at, uh, you know, 7 o'clock when it starts out here on the West Coast. I won't be I doing that. That's what I got. You know, here's the reason why I'm not going to do it. I um I don't like crowds, and that's going to be pretty much just crazy crowds. But you know what I'm going to do. I, I I have a score to settle with you. I, I already threatened you with it this week. I, there's a bit of vengeance coming back for uh, spoilers on a on a particular film. <laughs> you watched it. You absolutely gave it away. You're like you got to watch this film. So I get the film. I'm all ready to watch it. And you would just watch it, and you're mind blown. And you can't sit like your your brain is literally like I put it on my Facebook post. Spoiler <laughs> alert. But this was a phone call to me, and you're like, but he, he, she, it, it means he gave birth to himself. How's that even possible? <laughs> Just completely took the linchpin out of the whole movie. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. <sighs> so I send Pete this, uh, and this is a spoiler alert, but I'm probably wrong like most things about Star Wars. I think Luke's evil, so he, I'm sure I'm wrong. But I still think it. I think a lot of wrong stuff. But uh, I, I sent Pete a picture with uh, the girl crying. It's from the TV spot. And uh, her name's Ray. She's the little desert vagabond girl. And, uh, and, and so you see that scene on the original trailer of the bad guy where he extends his lightsaber out in the snow in the woods. And, uh, and then you see pictures of Finn out there. And my take on it is that someone helps them get away. And because on the TV spot, you see, uh, I think someone saves Finn because that, that, that Dark Lord of the Sith would totally, you know, rip, rip Finn apart, right? He's a brand new Jedi. And, uh, so I think Chewbacca jumps in because there's the scene of her and it looks like fur and then Chewbacca's leather pouch. I think that dude kills Chewbacca. That's what I think. So. <laughs> Pizza just looking at me like you jerk. 
But but look at it. See if I'm wrong. I might be wrong, but I'm coming back Thursday. I'm gonna call you. And all I'm saying is don't I'll, get the bone. But here's the thing. Because I work for myself, I will go see it Friday morning when everyone else is at work. Yes. I'll go see the first showing on Friday morning. I'm not gonna stay up late Thursday night. Yes. I'm gonna and catch I, the first I one think Friday if you work for a church, uh it is a ministry endeavor. I think you should go see it Friday morning, like Pete. And uh, so you can be relevant to the world. I think that the new Sith Lord is one of Leia's twins. Yes. You convinced me of that. Yeah. I think because uh, I saw the trailer. I went to to see the Bond movie on Sunday. I saw the trailer again. And this time on the big screen, I got it. Right. I got what everyone was saying. When What's the name of the new bad guy? What's his name? Uh, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is talking to the melted Darth Vader mask. And he says, I'm going to finish what you started. Yeah. So it's either, okay, Kylo Ren is Luke Skywalker and he's turned to the dark side, which I don't think they could pull off. I think, I think everyone would hate JJ Abrams. So I don't think he would do that. No, but it could also be Pete that, uh, Darth Vader had a pop tart that he didn't push down in the toaster before the Death Star blew up. It could be. Because they have cookies on the dark side, but they also have Pop-Tarts, and those were pretty special. I'll grant you that. It's a possibility. There's what I like to call possible, and then there's what I like to call probable. <laughs> I don't think it's probable that's what the guy was referring to. Was okay, I'm just saying. It could be. So I think um, Ren, the chick, and... Wait, isn't her, her name... What's Wait, Ren is the bad guy, and Ray is the Ray. Okay, so Ren and Ray. I, I gotta Come say, on. these names are stupid. I'm gonna stop interrupting, but the names are dumb on this film. Ray, Finn, Kylo Ren, BB88. These are dumb names. Chewbacca is much more sophisticated. Same with Han Solo. I mean, but R2D2. I mean, <laughs> come on. Come on. Obi Wan Kenobi. Where are the serious <laughs> names? Bring them back. Hey, I knew him as Old Ben Kenobi. Old Ben of the Dunes. So I'm just saying, I think Leia and Han have some twins. One goes to the light side, one goes to the dark side, because that's the way it was in the books. Yeah. They came yeah, out after. I think you're right. I think it is, because then that means Darth Vader's grandpa, and he's kind of discovering, like, the old ways. I'm your granddaddy. <laughs> <laughs> Join me. I am your grandfather. So then Luke can't kill him, because then Luke's like, that's my nephew. I, I, yes i'm just saying yeah yeah i will not strike you down nephew i'm just so i i think that's where that's going yeah but i would I, I would like to throw out there that any church planner that would like to come see this we're putting together a group right now it's a group of one it's gonna be pete <laughs> we haven't bought the tickets yet so the showing will probably happen in may <laughs> it's gonna be friday morning 10 a.m at the uh, long beach town center you're all welcome to join uh, please buy your own ticket. Popcorn's on me. <laughs> right on. I want to be taken so, in a big backpack with just popcorn stuffed. Well, and here's another spoiler, guys. Um, the uh, Church Planner podcast will literally not be talking about church planning today. We will literally be talking. Well, sort of. We will be talking about pop culture. Why have we never done this before, Pete? I don't know I what you're talking about. I guess it's a Church Planner podcast. What? That's all I'm saying. So so here we are. So 
Uh, do we need to do any commercials? Uh, I think we do. Welcome, you are. This week's episode of the Church Planter Podcast is brought to you by Star Wars, S T A R W A R S dot com, Disney. <laughs> hey, Peyton, let me ask you a quick little question here. Have you uh, been thinking about getting your church started with some online giving? You know, I've been thinking about making that jump to Lightspeed, Pete. Have you been using PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder? I have been giving in to my anger and hatred and feeling stronger, but knowing deep down inside that I'm on the losing team, Pete. Don't make me destroy you. Stop it. A better solution is here. It's MoGive. As powerful as the force. Ooh. Did you just give him a new tagline? I did. MoGive. As powerful as the force. All around us it is. Luminous beings are we. TM, we've trademarked it. <laughs> Mogif, we got it first. <laughs> They're going to totally get sued by Disney now. Stop it. A better solution is here. It's called Mogif. Mogif is a cheap... No, wait. No, no. PayPal is a cheap and easy placeholder. Which one's Mogif again? M-O-G-I-V. Mogiv is an online and text-based giving platform built specifically for the needs of new and growing churches. Go to mogiv.com forward slash church. More powerful than the force. And remember, TM. there is no try, only MoGive. There is MoGive or MoGive not. What? So, uh, Peyton, let's then jump right into the uh, the topic at hand. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Duck Brown just kind of doesn't fit on this one. That's all no, I'm he doesn't. He he actually pales. We kind of need a Star Wars one. I am your father. Oh, yeah. I am your granddaddy. I'm just saying that's what I think you should be saying right there. Always two. There are a master and an apprentice. Mm. Okay. So when I speak, you remember what button you were going to push. No, actually, I don't. I, 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 that's on a different soundboard. What, oh, was, what, what was I going to push? Yes, my master. Oh, which one was that? I don't know. Guess it's not important. You have been well-trained, my young apprentice. They will be no match for you. Ah, And I love that line. That's a great one. Always with you. It cannot be done. Yeah, I I don't remember where that is. Sorry, bro. That's all right. It's all right. So uh, let's talk about Star Wars. So for (laughs) for those of you that are here, we're spiritualizing this today, but the reality is we really just want to talk about Star Wars. So uh, how are you going to relate this back to the gospel, the gospel according to George Lucas? No, there is no such thing anymore. That it, That is a false gospel, Pete. I have no idea what you mean. And I don't know if I believe in the gospel according to J.J. Abrams. All I know is you can put Star Wars to work for the gospel. So I've, I've already seen churches that are doing um, series on a Sunday morning and they've got like the scrolling letter and they're putting the music to it. Are you serious? Huh? Are you serious? Yeah. I've already seen this stuff online. I, I, I visit Facebook. It's where I get all my news. (laughs) And, uh, so, you know, the, uh, you can do all kinds of cool things with star Wars right now. Um, you can have evangelistic campaigns. You can, um, you know, I saw a funny cartoon the other day and it was this guy marking off a calendar, almost like people do an advent calendar. 
And she goes, honey, are you, are you counting down to Christmas? And he goes, no, Star Wars. Yeah, that's what I, I, I uh, Cameron Barber, I think, put it up and then I, I shared his post. Oh, yeah. So that's where I got it from. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it was pretty good. And, uh, but, you know, people are excited. It is literally going to be the biggest movie um, in the history of film. They're already projecting. There's not anything going to be able to touch it. And that's kind of amazing considering that that could have happened when the first movie came out, like episode one, I mean. Yeah. And then it ended up being like such an awful movie. I remember going and seeing that like two or three times and going, no, it can't be that bad. I got to go back and see it again. Was it yeah. really that bad? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was really that bad. You know, it's funny because for me, I had read some of the books uh, prior to that coming out, maybe about a year or two before. I was never like a big, believe it or not, I was never a big Star Wars geek. So there were guys that there, there was this whole other thing. You know, I'd read a couple comics in college and that was about it. But um, but everything else, it was kind of like uh, I had read some of that stuff and it was kind of boring, but you learned a lot you know, about kind of the world that Lucas had built. And so when the movie came around, I don't remember being as bored with the political stuff, although it is boring. It is a very slow movie, particularly if I go back and watch it now. Which one? Number one? Jar is just ridiculous. He's always been ridiculous. But my wife Pilgrim Pilgrim put on Facebook a Reddit, um, a Reddit link, whatever you want to call it, you know. Yeah. And um, someone actually made... I got to admit a convincing argument that Jar Jar Binks is actually a Sith Lord who was working with the emperor and was probably over the emperor. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't take that serious. At all. Did you read it? No. Oh, the guy points out, he goes, first of all, when Jar Jar Binks does this 20 story double somersault into the ocean, we see it and we just go, oh, that's because it's Jar Jar Binks. He goes, anyone else does this, we would say that they're either a Jedi or force sensitive because it was like right. this crazy thing. He goes, how about the time when he shoots someone because he's got a um, a, a blaster connected to his <laughs> ankle and like he's perfectly <laughs> killing everyone or he's dodging the bullets perfectly? He goes, we know that Jedis are based off of uh, Shaolin monks. And there's actually a discipline where you're in the Shaolin, you look like you're drunk, but you're really like this very skillful fighter. Yeah. Because that's really what Jar Jar Binks is. And the guy actually points out such a strong argument that maybe Jar Jar Binks was really the Sith. Maybe he was the real Phantom Menace. Wow. Always two there are. I've got to send you the the Reddit. The Reddit wow. uh, article. Whatever you, I don't know what you call him. What do you call him on Reddit? Maybe he's Darth Plagueis the Wise. I'm just saying there's an argument to be made that Jar Jar Binks was really a Sith Lord. I dig it. Maybe that's what maybe that's what the Emperor's telling us that Darth Plagueis the Wise was his master. I'm just saying anything's possible. How does he take out a tank by himself? Or how about release all those blaster balls on the front line? I mean, come on. He's either the luckiest guy in the world or he's well, using the force. The, the, when I saw the article, I didn't read it, but I immediately thought of the scene where he's in the Senate and he literally brings the fall of the Republic by his vote. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think he was secretly working with the emperor. I think I think Lucas was just like, look, everybody hates my character. I'm going to have fun with making him uh, 
you know, kind of bring down the empire. Everyone hates him. So I might as well kind of make the point that Jar Jar destroyed everything. And I, I thought that was pretty funny, to be honest. But I, uh, I think there might be some truth to it. But anyway, I, I'm sorry. I took you away from what you were saying. I wasn't saying anything. I was just saying you can use this stuff for the gospel. And so, you know, when when you go all the way through the Star Wars legend, you know, I guess today it would, you know, it's it's considered an epic, right? It, it has all the qualities of an epic. Um, when, when you go through what, what Lucas said that he's done in making and crafting Star Wars was he pulled from all epics and he took every story, every well-known story, and put elements into it that make every uh, ageless, timeless story great. Things like the young, unprepared, reluctant hero, um, the uh, wizened old sage, um, you know, like Obi-Wan. So go back to King Arthur, you know, a little boy pulling a sword out of the snow, the lightsaber, the, um, you know, the Merlin character. I mean... He's, he's gone over that. You know, he talks about in Japanese stories, you know, stories all over the world. Um, there's these epics, you know, Jason and the Argonauts, Perseus. There's these epics that have all of these qualities, good versus evil, uh, blah, blah, blah. And that's what he's done. So I guess one of my first initial questions is when you say, you know, okay, we've got this movie. It's going to be the biggest and you're basically saying to pastors that they need to be, um, I guess, using some of this, or they could be, maybe not need, maybe needs the wrong word, depends on your market, right? But you could be using yeah. this to reach your audience. Explain to me how you use Star Wars to reach the audience. Well, you could you could do all kinds of things. I mean, you could, um, like what you've mentioned, you can put uh, together, um, you know, uh, parties, Star Wars parties. In your neighborhood. Um, so I, I have a church planner here in San Diego who invited me to a Star Wars party. And they're doing all kinds of cool stuff. And it's going to be launch night and then they're all going to the film. So uh, you can do that. You can. Actually, that's a really good idea. Tell me, what are they doing? Um, one of the things that they're doing, I think, uh, leading up to it is, I don't know if it's that day, if it's all day. But there was something about they were going to do a marathon. So I don't know if that's stretching out over the week or what it is, but um, they, they were going to do that. Your church could do that. You could hold a marathon, a Star Wars marathon, and then get a bunch of tickets and go see it. All right. I volunteer my house for the Star Wars marathon. I got the movie screen, right? A 100-inch screen. We'll do it at my house. We'll do one movie a night. We'll do it machete style. <sighs> nice. And uh, and then we'll finish. And I will go see it Thursday. If anybody wants to do that, we'll do that at my house. Why don't we live closer together, Pete? That's all I'm saying. Hey, I've been here the whole time. Why haven't you moved up here? <laughs> so uh, so, anyways, here's the deal: is um, you can do that. You can uh, you can do your titles. You can do um, mailbox drops with this. Um, you can do uh, quizzes online. That get people's attention, you know, which character are you? And uh, you could do, um, you can you can even do movie clubs. Like a, a movie club, we're going to see the movie, and then afterwards we're going to go talk about it. 
um, at a Starbucks when we do movie club. Everybody's a critic. Everyone gets five minutes to share their uh, review of the film. And, uh, you know, you, you can do all this kind of stuff. Um, you can do sermon series where you take, like I said, you introduce it with like the scrolling text. Um, you can do, uh, you can talk about expectation. You can talk about how, uh, particularly because it's around Christmas time, you can theme your entire, uh, Christmas series around Star Wars. I know that sounds almost blasphemous to people, but I had this one that well, I there used are going to be a lot of people who immediately are going to hear this and go, okay, this is crazy. You know, because it's it the movie is is I mean George Lucas says he wanted to uh, to basically dethrone Christianity as you know one of the major religions in America. I mean that was part of his goal with Star Wars. So I mean you're going to have people who are like how could you how could you do this to church? Yeah, well always always there's a, a, a you know if you look at any epic there's always a savior who's going up against cosmic and global evil. So that's an epic character. Um, in, in our case, it, it's not that Jesus was the reluctant hero, but he was the unexpected hero. He was this Jewish carpenter rabbi that no one expected would be God with, you know, these powers to literally take down the emperor. Uh, if you want to use all of these analogies, you could do it. But also what I would do is I would lead up to the whole Star Wars hype. I mean, everybody's into Star Wars. It's not just nerdy, pimply-faced dudes who need girlfriends. It is literally, why are you pointing at me? Because you just made me remember something. I didn't tell you about what Steve Ortiz told me on Sunday. What's that? He goes, my, uh, my grandkid is totally into Star Wars. And I have no idea what he's talking about. Because he's like, I know what Star Wars is, but I never watched him. I'm not into sci-fi. He's like, so I had to sit down. I had to buy all of the Star Wars movies, and I'm going through them, and I'm watching them. Yes. And he goes, all of a sudden, your podcast makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not kidding, dude. That's what he said. So, so let's just take Steve now. I'm so glad you brought that up. So you take Steve, and you say, hey, Steve, guess what? Tell, tell your nephew that at church, we're going to be talking about Star Wars over the next few weeks. And so you've got these graphics, you know, um, the force awakens and new hope you can do each sermon is, is kind of like what we did with the preaching series where we name it after an episode. Um, and you preach on that. So like a case in point, here's the deal because it's close to Christmas. I'll get back to this. Um, you got this expectation of Jesus coming, right? They talk about the fact that there's a prophecy about the, the, the one who restore balance to the force. Now, what's awesome is the other night I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed or I'm putting Liberty down. She's going to bed and <laughs> sometimes I, I, I do fall asleep. Uh, that, that, that was an interesting slip, slip of the tongue there, but here's the deal. I, I do sometimes fall asleep, but I wasn't that night. She asked, Hey, dad, the wise men, why were they going there? Like, how did they know? And of course, you know, to any other kid, you go, oh, well, star appeared. And they just knew that's where they had to be. But Liberty's smarter than Andrew and I put together. So at six years old, she knows like, okay, but how did they know to follow the star? Like, how did they know? And what was great is I was able to say, well, look, babe, Daniel, uh, when he was in Babylon, he has a prophecy and he says, I see, uh, you know, the, this meteor coming 
from the heavens, a star, and it comes and it shatters everything else. And then Balaam uh, says, I see him, but not yet. And, you know, I see his star. And so th- there's this idea that there was someone coming for, who is likened to a star. Uh, his kingdom will have no end. And, of course, Daniel's in Babylon. And he's got these um, prophecies. He sees the ancient of days at the end, on and on. There's all these great prophecies in Daniel. And these are written down. He's one of their heroes, one of their greatest wise men ever. And, of course, she loves Daniel in the lion's den. So she's all about that. So I say, so these guys, years later, they've been waiting, waiting, waiting for this new constellation to appear because they study the stars all the time because they're Magi. They're, they're pagans. And they see this new star, and they know we've been studying all these scrolls here. Um, this is the one that Daniel, one of our own boys, because they think they think of him as, as, as their own. So they go there uh, like that. And so um, when I preach... Uh, Matthew, I talk about expectancy and I usually liken it to pregnancy that, you know, there's a lot of expectancy when a baby's born, there's a lot of buildup, there's a lot of this, and then this magic moment happens. And so I talk about Jesus's birth, that that's, that, that was the long awaited promise. There was this prophecy, this, the world was poised and you can find, for example, um, Josephus has an amazing quote about Jesus's birth. And it talks about how in that day, there was this general sense that the Messiah was about to appear. Now, this is from a non-Christian, his contemporary historian of those days. And he literally mentions that in that day, it was widely believed he would come. Well, why? Because of the 70 weeks of Daniel. Right. So a lot of people think the 70 weeks of Daniel have to do with the future and when the tribulation comes. I don't subscribe to that. If you want to get a really good book on that, I highly, highly recommend you grab one of Lloyd-Jones's books. It is a theology series. I think it was done by Crossway, but the volume is called The Church and the Last Things. There's a chapter in there on the 90 weeks of Daniel. And and Lloyd-Jones, who normally stayed away from this stuff, one of the best expositors ever, um, he stayed away a lot from biblical prophecy, but he spells out in there that that literally is because Daniel goes, when are these things going to happen? You know, when he sees it, he asks, you know, uh, the angel when Michael comes and he says, I was delayed. And, but don't worry, this, this is going to happen. The Messiah is going to come. And he goes, when? So that's what he's asking. And then that's when he's given the 70 weeks. So it's 490 years. So uh, he literally, um, Lloyd-Jones tracing goes, well, 490 years from Daniel was during the life of Christ. And so, boom, he nails it. And it's it's a very powerful argument. So believing that the Jews, as they were very faithful to Daniel's prophecy, the 70 weeks of Daniel becomes, it's almost like we we somehow took one of our most awesome prophecies of Jesus and went, oh, no, it's about the Antichrist. Well, no, that's not what Daniel was asking about. And so anyways, it, it's powerful, man. So Just out of curiosity, have you seen that... Um that YouTube video where the guy um, explains the star of Bethlehem. No, you, you've got to watch it, dude. Okay. It's, it is just mind blowingly fascinating. Like, I, you don't know if the guy is right or not, but that was one of his big hangups. He goes, was a comet. No, no, it was a, it was a planet. It's what we call a wandering star. And okay, um, yeah. what they use is they use that software now that, um, 
that basically we can go back at any time in basically history, 100,000 years ago. Um, and I think they can go forward to a certain time and they can see where the stars were because mathematically they know how to put it all together. And so the guy used that star, that uh, software to figure out, you know, where was this supposed star and why is it just the wise men that saw it? And so he basically wow. says the wise men were just like you said, they were like leftover from um, you know, Daniel's descendants. That's why they're, they're the wise men from the, the east or the west the west right the wise men from the west yeah and so he looked at okay what was the constellations right what would they have seen what was the importance of of uh stars in the culture you know and the fact that it was so hot people slept on their roofs and they were always looking up at the sky yeah they but did, like yeah and so he, he basically he charts the whole thing out and you're just you're mind blown you're like dude the star is real the st- this is why these guys saw it because this is what they're they're looking at. They're not looking for signs in the heavens, like uh, astrologically, right? They're not looking for tell me my future by looking at the stars. No, but um, but they see this thing going on, and it was the way that what we know as a as a planet they knew as a wandering star, and it was the way that it moved. It like signaled a king. It was the sign for the king, and then um, they followed it. And as they would follow it, he basically it lines up with. I think it was. I don't know. It might have been the North Star or something like that. Right over Bethlehem, when they finally got there, it would have looked like one single star because it was the planet was directly lined up with the wow. star, That's and it made blow. it brighter and bigger. You got to watch it, man. It's well, and so you have to you have to understand too about the ancient world that to them, when they looked up at the heavens, they saw a cosmic battle between good and evil unfolding in the constellations. So as these constellations are moving, they believed that what they were glimpsing into was the spiritual realm. And so they, that's where astrology came from, but they were their gods. So if you say the Greeks, the Romans, they literally looked up and felt every night they were reading a story of the gods and that the gods were moving. So as the constellations moved, they felt that the gods were, were enacting things upon the earth. And so, you know, for, for that, it was almost like God speaking, kind of like we're talking now where God's like, Hey, this is what you believe. This is how I'm going to speak to you, you know, to, to our world. Hey, the ageless, timeless, epic story is really the gospel. The reason why these stories are great is because internally we all know they're true. And this, this is what mankind knows is true and real. And that's why Star Wars and other epics like King Arthur. I mean, King Arthur was the Star Wars of the Middle Ages. It literally was Star Wars of the Middle Ages. It was what they used to communicate the return of Christ with people through fantasy. Mm. And so the idea that King Arthur would come again and um, on and on and on. In fact, C.S. Lewis, gosh, I almost hesitate um, to say this, but C.S. Lewis in his space trilogy takes some of these themes and re-puts them because he was a scholar of uh, Renaissance and medieval literature. Um, He puts this stuff very effectively into his book and ties it into the space trilogy as he carries these timeless stories, um, you know, through the past and into the future. So, but anyways, um, you know, there will be guys, what what I love Pete is that guys will have tuned us out in the beginning when we said star Wars, all the weirdos, Hmm. all the normal guys are still listening. All the guys that are probably really called the church planning (laughs) listening because they're going, well, if it's the biggest movie in history, dang it, whether I like it or not, I got to know about it. 
And, you know, it's kind of like the illustration that just gives itself to you and says, hey, here I am. Use me for the gospel. Here's a way to connect with lost people. And, uh, and that's what you do. So I would I would personally, if I were preaching through a Christmas series and wanted to use Star Wars, I would use the prophecy and I would talk as an illustration about how excited people are for this to communicate you know and then and then i would use people who aren't excited about star wars at all they're going i don't see what the big difference is and i would use those people um you know for things like you know you got simeon and anna Anna's been in the temple every day. She's waiting for the Messiah. Simeon praying and fasting every day, expecting God tell Simeon, you're going to see it before you die. I would use the story of the, the fan who asked J.J. Abrams, will you let me see it before I die? He he sees Star Wars. He dies. I mean, there's all these great that. parallels. Oh, Seriously? you don't know about that? No. There was a fan. So if I call him up and I say, I'm about ready to die, can I see the movie? You can't make that joke. It's not so, a joke. So I don't guy, know when God's going to call me home. I need to see it now. But yes. Yes. There was this fan. He had cancer and he was dying and he was an Uber fan. And J.J. Abrams gave him a personal copy of the film. He's already seen it and he's passed away. And so people have really like, they've just been like, wow, you know, well, that's Simeon and Anna. You can liken these things. I know that there are people out there that are going to be like, you can't compare Star Wars to the coming of the Messiah, but you can. I know that there. Understand me what I what I mean when I say that you can, because Jesus would take things like finding a gold coin, and he would liken it to finding eternal life. Now, I'd rather find eternal life than a gold coin. I got lots of gold coins, right? I mean, you're going to get a bunch of those in your life. Salvation's like the Holy Grail. There's only one. Right. So, but Jesus would use lesser things and what people knew to say, but this is so much greater. Mm -hmm. It would be like boom, 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 that same feeling. So you're communicating that through your sermon. I mean, guys, you could have fun with this. And not only that, like I said, film club, Steve could go to his nephew and say, Hey, you know, come to church. Um, we're going to do this. And he goes, really, you guys are going to do this. Oh, we're going to have a whole star Wars thing, man. We're going to give away prizes. We're going to, and I know there's people going, don't do, don't give away prizes to attract people. Look, man, they're going to hear the gospel when they come in. Well, that's, you know, yeah, that's, that's just stupid. Those are called premiums. Like in the marketing world, um, my whole business and financial planning was based off of the seminar model. Guess what? Church planner. That's what a church is. It's the seminar model. And you know what we did to get people to our seminars? We bought them all dinner. What do we get people to get, to come to Refuge Long Beach? We buy them all breakfast. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's but really thing. what we're doing is we're sitting across a table, having conversations, getting to know people. It becomes relational. That's why we do it. We don't do it as a gimmick. And the same with this. Like the whole third place mentality where people are all about that now. Man, I was working at Starbucks before anyone ever dropped a hint that, hey, we need to apply the third place principle to Starbucks. I was working there. I was being taught about third place principle as an employee of Starbucks. And I planted a church out of Starbucks. Literally, the penny dropped. I'm like, this is what church needs to be. That's why my church started out of Starbucks. Mm. And at the end of that, you know, what, what I would say is if you really want to go third place, make church awesome. Like, just make it awesome. Make it like people are like, really? 
So I, I go to your church. Like, that sounds awesome. Dude, check this out. I, I got this card, this postcard in the mail. I know you can't read it. I'm like, <laughs> The Plan Awakens. Yeah. Yeah, dude, this guy's doing a boot camp, The Plan Awakens. And I'm like, huh, The Church Awakens. Maybe we should be doing a boot camp right now. He's got three well, levels in the 2016 Plan Awakens. Young Lean, a new or relatively new agency owner. Padawan, doing well in your agency, but not where you want to be. Or a knight overwhelmed or struggling to achieve master status. Like you could take the same concept for your church. Absolutely. Did it get your attention? Yes or no. I've kept this postcard here on my desk. It got your attention. You, you looked at it as a marketer and said, that is clever. Now, what if you did this? What if you advertise Sunday school? Yeah. What if you had a four week Sunday school program? The Sunday awakens. <laughs> <laughs> the Sunday school teacher awakens. Finally. <laughs> Help She's me, Penguin asleep. You're my only hope. <laughs> so, so you do this, right? You do Padawan training. You know, you, you, you have one that's like, uh, you know, yeah, you call it Padawan training and you teach them about, Hey, you know, when people at school are doing this, that's giving into the dark side. You know, God wants us to love and not give into anger and hatred and call names and, Oh man, you could have fun. And, and I know there's people out there going, that's moralism. Well, Okay, but you should still probably teach your kids that stuff, you know, and uh, and talk about Jesus. Talk about the gospel. Say, look, is is good of a Jedi that doesn't overthrow the emperor. Here's the deal. This is what overthrew the emperor. Um, Luke sacrificed himself, and that made Darth Vader sacrifice himself. It's sacrifice. You know who sacrificed himself? So to overthrow the devil, Jesus. You know, boom, boom, boom. So, I mean, never mind the church planners are Jedi. I mean, we've already established that on other podcasts. But, you know, you you can tie all of this stuff into the gospel. I like it. I like yeah. it. You know, what's, what's, what's too bad is the church planners who we haven't lost yet, who are still listening to this episode. I would venture to say that a good 98% aren't going to do this. No. But here's the thing, church planner. You can. You can be the 2% that does. Absolutely. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. You can do it. Like yeah. it, it'll connect with people. It really will. And I'm just telling you, like if, if I walked across the street to um, Wilson high school and started handing out, you know, as kids are getting out postcards, Hey, boom, 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 boom. Um, put some stuff up in Starbucks. That's right across the street from where the church meets. Um, it would generate interest. Here, here's what you could do. Here's club. what you could do, church planner. Think about how easy this would be. All right. So <clears throat> you don't have to make it really in-depth or difficult. Announce to your church, we're doing a movie night. We're buying tickets right now. We're going to go to dinner first, and then we're going to go to the movie. Because depending on where you're at in the country, it'll start at different times. Like I think the whole reason we get to see it earlier is because it's technically midnight when it ends or something like that on the the west or the east coast. Yeah. So, I mean, you you, you got to work with this, right? But maybe all you do is as simple as, look, we're buying tickets. Who wants to come with us? We're going to go to dinner first. We're going to go watch the movie. And then, by the way, I am going to preach on Sunday. I'm going to talk about some of the things that we saw in the Star Wars movie. Absolutely. Like, don't, it's it's not even difficult now. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Who wants to go? Raise your hand. Great. We're going to go buy some tickets. That's right. You all are paying for your tickets. We're going to meet same, over same here for dinner. Same with reading group. Let's say you're doing, I mean, not a reading group, uh, uh, a film critic club. And you do Film Critic Club, The Force Awakens. Imagine that on a bulletin board at a Starbucks. Then you say. Imagine that on a college campus. Free coffee. Community event. Free coffee. 
and free uh, free refreshment. It's holidays. Imagine imagine you're near a, a military base and you put that up, or a college and you put that up, or your neighborhood and you put that up. Yeah. So so you got that going on, right? Then at the end of that night, you do your film critic club. Everyone gets to talk. You talk, 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 and you can steer it towards religion. You can talk about what are the religious overtones in this movie. Everyone knows that they're religious overtones. The whole thing is a giant space cowboy movie with a spiritual dimension. He injected spirituality into it. It's all done for you. Then on top of that, at the end of that night, you just say, well, hey, guys, thanks for coming tonight. Um, I'm a pastor, just like what Pete said. You know, you just say, hey, I'm a pastor at the church right across the street here or right down the road. You pick the Starbucks closest to you. You say, you know, just a block over. And uh, this Sunday, I want to invite you guys to boom, boom. And you have you just have postcards and say, here's some postcards if you want them. And boom, boom, boom. That's it. Right. It says the, you know, the 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 force awakens or whatever, you know, whatever you have. You know, if you want to have a assimilated logo, whatever. And and if your church has an issue with Santa, right? We've talked about this last year, <laughs> where you could take a picture with Santa. Hey, just go look. We're not going to have Santa at our church. We're going to have Darth Vader. Bring your kids and get a picture with Darth Vader. Now you got them coming in to get a picture with Darth Vader. I'm you can saying. even have when um, <clears throat> people come in, you can have like a stormtrooper cutout. And I don't lost people here. You can have a stormtrooper cutout saying, hey, no perfect people allowed, you know, or something like that. Like it could just at every turn that you're kind of overthrowing people's idea of church and they're going, dude, that's cool. You have a stormtrooper standing outside. You have a sign out there on the road. I mean, I'm just telling you. You know, you you could really milk this. Trust me, millions and millions of people are going to that theater. They are interested in this. If you can make them interested and, you know, when people drive down the road and they see a sign, they drive away and think about it for at least 30 seconds, man. You know, if if you if you've caught them enough, you know, this is a marketer, Pete, you know, they continue the conversation in their head sometimes going down the road. Who knows what the Holy Spirit might do with that? What's funny is um, when Star Wars released all their new toys and whatever weekend the the, the Force Awakened or whatever weekend that was, you know, you know where, when it was? Um, yes. We were I talking about it on it was the show. October, wasn't it? I don't remember when it was. But yeah. at the local Target, they had the full cardboard cutout of Chewbacca. It's like Luke wanted to go get his picture taken with Chewbacca. Like you can use cardboard cutouts. Yeah. And like, you know, have a little picture areas. And the only reason I'm bringing that up, guys, is it's actually it makes it fun. Yeah. And everyone would be like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Where'd you get your picture with, uh, you know, you get a cardboard cutout, which, by the way, are only like 40 bucks. <laughs> you can buy them online. You, and I'm not suggesting that you make a nativity. No. With that, these. that would be Although hilarious. That would though. be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my but, Blasphemous. So I'm not suggesting this. Did you just see R2D2 with his little claw out there moving the blanket over the baby? I mean, <laughs> but it would be Yoda. No, oh, the baby is Yoda. That'd be funny. But my point is, like, you could have I'm like saying, that's blasphemous. Forgive me. The, these cardboard cutouts, you could th- like, a, you know, get your family picture taken with it. Everyone would love that. Everyone okay. would love that. It'd be all over social media. And, of course, the marketer in me is I'd have the name of my church down there in the corner, right? <laughs> so that way when everyone posted Roman up, soldiers, you got stormtroopers. I dig it. So so when everyone posted on uh, 
on Facebook and Instagram. It's like promoting your church. I totally do that as a marketer. I, I know we can Google a picture of a Star Wars nativity. Instead of the little, you oh. know, the little hut, there's a the little like. Sand I've got, I've got the I've got the stormtrooper cardboard cutout in my movie room, and Jamie put a Santa hat on him because it's the holiday season. Well, dude, you so need to bring him. We need to do this. We need to build this. It needs to happen. Use my house. All right. I mean, we will talk after this podcast. Hey guys, I hope we've made you think. I hope that. Uh, you know, at least your gears started turning. That was the intention. Pete and I are brainstorming as we're doing this. This is the stuff you can do with your leadership and your church planning team and just throw it out there and say, hey, guys, I got a crazy idea. What do you think? And everyone might walk away and say, you're nuts. And this is stupid. And you don't do it. But you know what? Some of the best ideas come from you being able to brainstorm and laugh with your team and ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. And just stuff that connects with people, thinking outside the box and uh, going where people are. You know, if you, a lot of times the best idea is the one that no one has ever thought of and no one has thought to try. Like Wesley saying, hey, or Whitfield saying, hey, let's go preach out at the coal mines, right? And everyone told him it was nuts. Wesley took him aside and said, that's a sin, John. You only preach in church. I mean, uh, George. So John Wesley said. Until he saw the light. And so a lot of these ideas, man, I'm just telling you, Walt Disney had a uh, a, a theory uh, that his ideas weren't worth uh, actually pursuing unless every single person on his board told him it was impossible. And once once all of his board said, you can't do that, that's impossible. Like dig a hole in the 1950s in Anaheim filled with water and put mechanized submarines and take people on a tour in the 50s. Think of that. And they all said, that's impossible. You can't do that. And Disney said, then that's what we're going to do. So, Mm. you know, I'm just saying, I think uh, use the same innovation for the kingdom that these guys did in these areas. You know, that kind of reminds me of one other little thing that I just want to touch on before we close out. And that is, uh, you recently read a book um, by a, by a, a, a guy, um, that has a, some really great ideas that I think we should share. So there was this book and it was about some stuff and it was by this guy and it came out around this time. And uh, it is Apostolic Church Planning by J.D. Payne. And uh, we recommend you guys pick up a copy of that. It is a guide for first century style church planners. Sounds like he's been listening to the podcast, Pete. I'm just saying. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a good book. And I mentioned last week that I learned a little bit about myself in that book and particularly how to leave a church behind and leave it behind. Well, yeah. And I, and one of the reasons guys that we've brought this up a couple of times is they are kind enough to, uh, to sponsor the podcast. And we mm-hmm. actually thought the book was good enough for, uh, for us to, to be like, you know, endorsing of it. So, um, yeah, I actually requested a copy, um, from them when I saw it. They sent me the the kind of like folio version. It's the uh, advanced reader copy. And then they sent me a real copy. I would have read this book whether they sponsored us or not. When I see a title like that, Apostolic Church Planning, I know it's going to be good. So pick up a copy of that. So go to Amazon.com. Look up Apostolic Church Planting by J.D. Payne. Pain. Pain. I always want to say J.D. Greer. <laughs> always. <laughs> well, it's he's like, another guy. I know, but I'm like, it's not J.D. Greer. It's not J.D. Payne. J.D. Payne. So. 
I was at the SIND uh, National Conference in the green room, and when I uh, walked in, I was going to interview JD. I only got about 10 minutes with him, but um, as I walked in, uh, JD sees me and he goes, I feel a strong disturbance in the force. <laughs> he pretty much <laughs> listens to the podcast. <laughs> I think I love it's it. safe to say. I love it. But, uh, you know, another thing, too, that I would just bring up real uh, real quickly is if you consider yourself, you know, not necessarily a, uh, you know, a pastor that's good at, uh, let's say, math type things, payroll, bookkeeping, accounting, um, all of that fun stuff, workman's comp, then you budgets, budgets you might want to look to a great company called SimplifyChurch.com where they take care of all of that for you at such a reasonable cost, you could not hire someone to do all of that for you, including those really annoying tax receipts that have to go out here pretty soon so everyone can get credit for what they've been doing all year. Absolutely. Worth getting, guys. I actually, funny enough, was talking to a church planner today, and that church planner said to me, so how do you recommend I set up my money? And he started listening. And I said, why would you not use simplifychurch.com? And I told him literally, I'm telling you, man, not because they're a sponsor for the podcast, but for a few hundred bucks, I go, the first couple hundred bucks that come in your tithe ought to be set aside every month for those guys. They will save your life. Mm, I love it. So uh, with that, Peyton, why don't you go ahead and sign us out? Well, guys, thanks for joining us for the Church Planner Podcast today. We hope that you enjoyed our Christmas present to us, which was to talk about Star Wars for an hour. This has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Mm-hmm.